happy to be a friend of God today? Y'all don't sound like y'all happy to be a friend of God. You could have been his enemy. And in fact, if you're not in Jesus, you're his enemy. So if you're in Jesus today, you can rejoice a little better than that and be thankful that you are a friend of God. Amen. God is so good. He's so good to us. He's so kind, so merciful. I'm excited this morning. We're jumping into a brand new series today. Amen? On prayer. We're jumping into a brand new series on prayer. I said, hey, if we're going to do 21 days of prayer, I might as well preach about prayer. That might be helpful. So so we're going to jump into a new series today about prayer. So I got these little joints I found. I want us to... Have a posture of praying first, not praying after stuff happens. I want us to have a posture of praying first. So I got these little little drinks. They say pray first. Okay, anybody want one? Oh, she had her hand up first. Oh, that was a <laughs> that was a bad throw. Anybody over here want one? Anybody over here want one? Come on. Nope. All right, nobody over there wants tonight. <laughs> we got another one. They don't, they don't throw very well. Anybody, anybody else want one? There we go. We got one right there. Oh, Morgan, you can't be stealing from the visitors. <laughs> can't be doing that stuff. So they say pray first. They got our colors on them. So uh, you can rock them. Sorry for the rest of y'all that didn't get one. Um, but we got a bunch of them out there on the table when you leave. <laughs> you can get one of those on your way out the door. So, man, I'm excited to jump into this today. The series is, if you didn't catch the play on words, it's pray on it. That's P-R-E-Y. We want to help move us from a passive position on prayer to a predatory position on prayer. One where we're attacking life's issues and challenges through prayer. We're not waiting for difficulty to come to pray, but we've already built up a predatory stance against prayer where we're praying the enemy and our challenges down, but also we're predatory towards chasing down our God to being his presence. That's what it's all about is being in the presence of Jesus. Amen. So we're going to jump in today. Colossians chapter four. Um, I've got one verse today. So I shouldn't be before you long. <laughs> so Colossians chapter four, verse number two. Hear these words of our father. It says, devote yourselves to prayer. Stay alert in it with thanksgiving. That's it. Father, thank you for your word. 
Lord, your word is sharper than any two-edged sword, Father, severing the marrow from the bone. And God, I pray that this word would get deep down into the marrow of our souls. God, and when we hear this word, we would respond by saying, Lord, help us to obey. God, and as we seek to obey your word, God, I pray that you would give us the strength that we need to obey your word. And Father, it's in that same sense that I pray that you would stand in my body and think through my mind and speak through my mouth and let the words of my mouth and meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight. My Lord, my strength and my redeemer in whom I place my trust in Jesus's mighty name we pray And the whole church said, Amen. F.B. Meyer, the author of a great little book, The Secret of Guidance, said, The great tragedy of life is not unanswered prayers. The great tragedy of life is, in fact, unoffered prayers. This is because we have a mentality about prayer that is passive. We have a mentality about prayer that puts us in the position of being a passive onlooker and not a predatory on taker. We use prayer in the sense that when things come up in our life and when things go bad, we say, oh, I better start praying. But scripture is pointing us to this different direction as we look here in Colossians chapter four. Paul is telling us to devote ourselves to prayer. So if we fail to offer a prayer because we view it, we, we, we often fail to, to, to pray because we view it as an act of weakness. And, and not an act of weakness uh, uh, on ourselves, but an act of weakness on God. We view God as weak, therefore we don't pray. I wish I had a church in here today. We view God as weak and unable to take care of our circumstances and unable to do the things that we need him to do. So we don't even communicate with him about the things that we need to happen in our lives. We look at God and say, you go ahead and sit down. I got this. You go ahead and take a seat. I'll take this one on by myself. You see, we must... We must see prayer not as an act of weakness, but we must see prayer as an act of war. See, if you're going to be prayerful, you you have to see this reality in your mind is that you've got to see that that your problems, you've got to be prepared for your problems and not see them as your predator, but see them as your prey. So listen, if, if we're going to if we're going to grow in how God wants us to grow in the knowledge of him and find freedom in him and discover our purpose and make a difference in, in our lives, then guess what? We must pray. I want you all to stare to your neighbor and say, I'm the predator. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm the predator, not the prey. Turn to the other neighbor because they didn't hear you. Um, say, I'm the predator, not the prey. See, when you learn to pray, you can tell that to the devil. When you learn to pray, you can tell the devil, I'm not the predator. I'm not the prey. I'm the predator. So listen, I want us to see very clearly what, what predators do. The first thing that predators do is predators, they have a devotion to capturing their prey. See, join me here in verse 2. He says, devote yourselves to prayer. This word here, devote, means uh, for you to be in constant readiness or perseverance towards prayer. 
Paul is arguing for us is that we ought not to faint as we are praying, but we ought to always pray. See, see, Paul is making it very clear for us here today is that in order for us to have the kind of prayer life that he's called, that God wants for us to have, then we've got to have a devotion to prayer. We've got to show ourselves courageous in our prayer lives. See, it takes a bit of courage to wake up early in the morning and go downstairs when nobody else is in the house and walk around the house and pray. Mostly because sometimes it'd be dark and you'd be scared to go downstairs by yourself. (laughs) But listen, we've got to show ourselves courageous in prayer. We've got to show ourselves courageous because, listen, our prayer life must be about devotion. If you're not devoted to praying, then I want you to see that you're not devoted to spending time with God the Father. And as Christians, the big dirty secret of the, of the church is that we don't pray. And, and, and the dirtier secret is that we don't even want God like we say we do. See, we, we want to be in the presence of our friends all the time. We want to be in the presence of people who look at us and say, oh, look how great they are. But we don't often want to be in the presence of God who is the one that we should worship. How do I know that? Because we don't pray. I'm not beating down on y'all today. This is a this is a happy sermon about prayer because I want you to see the reality that God wants you to be in his presence. God wants you to spend time with him. He wants you to talk to him. Some of y'all out here looking for Bay and all that. Um cuz y'all want Bay to talk to you. Y'all want somebody to say good morning to you. I want somebody to, 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 to ask you how your day was, how you're doing, all that stuff. But yet, the, the, the chief relationship of our lives, we can go weeks without talking to God. We can go weeks without even considering having a conversation with Jesus. We just say, hey, my life is cool. I'm all right. I got it going on. But we don't even take the time to pursue after Jesus. Listen, prayer is this. Prayer means to address God. I want us to see this reality here is that prayer is a marker of our faith. Your prayer life is a direct, has a direct correlation to the depth of your faith. You want to see somebody that don't have no faith, look at their prayer life. So I want you to see that prayer is the chief prosecutorial witness of your faith. See, we are declared guilty or innocent at the altar of our prayer life. Here's what I mean. We say, I don't have time to pray, but if we filmed your life, We would have hours of incriminating footage against you with your head bowed, not praying. Here's what I mean. We all got a cell phone. You constantly have your head bowed, but you're not praying. You constantly have your head down and you're scrolling through, but you're not praying. 
Listen, our prayer life is the courtroom by which our faith is prosecuted. Can I tell y'all, there's some Sundays when I walk into church and I'm discouraged because my week has been crazy and I'm discouraged because the thing's going on. But then God hymns me up in the corner. <laughs> Oftentimes back in that little room back there, he hymns me up by my collar and say, oh, you think you're going to do this on your own? You better ask me something. Your parents ever be like, you got something you want to say to me? And you just be looking nervous, don't know what to say. <laughs> uh, that's how God has me most Sundays. You got something you want to tell me? <laughs> Listen, I want you to see that your devotion is the threshing floor for your destination. See, what I mean by that is your devotion to prayer will often sift away the, the, the things that don't matter as much. And it will, see, on the threshing floor, what they would do is they take the grain and they rub it together and they throw it up in the air. And what was weighty, what was actual grain would drop back down to the ground and they could collect it. But what was chaff, it would get taken away by the wind. So, so your devotion to prayer is the threshing floor for your destination. So when you begin to pray and you get into on the threshing floor and you're devoted to prayer some of those things in your life that don't matter they'll begin to blow away and you'll be able to pursue that thing which God has destined for you to pursue in your life and you'll be able to find purpose in him and you'll be able to make a difference in your life another word for devotion is this perseverance perseverance Luke chapter 18 verse 1 it says, now he told them a parable, watch this, on the need for them to pray always and not give up. See, there was a judge in a certain town who didn't fear God or respect people, and a widow in that town kept coming to him saying, give me justice against my adversary. And for a while, he was unwilling, but later he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or respect people, that's a bad place to be. You don't fear God or respect people. He says, even though I don't fear God or respect people, yet because this widow keeps pestering me, I will give her justice so that she does not wear me out. Anybody wear you out in your life? You know them people, they just be wearing you out. My friend Miguel says, he calls that jaw wrestling. They just be jaw wrestling. You just <laughs> Listen, he tells her, I'll give you justice so that she doesn't wear me out by her persistent coming. Didn't hear the Lord. The Lord says, listen to what the unjust judge says. Will not God grant justice to his elect who cry out to him day and night? Will he delay in helping them? I tell you that he will swiftly grant them justice. Nevertheless, the Son of Man comes. When the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? See, Jesus is saying very clearly, that when he comes, he's looking to find people who have faith in him. 
And the way that he's going to see if you have faith is if you never give up in your prayer life. Is if that you, you, you see the need to always be praying. See, the thing I love, y'all, y'all know I love nature shows. I watch this stuff all the time. And the thing I love about the lioness, right? That's why we got a picture of a lion. That's a lion dude. That's not a lion girl. But the lion girls, ladies, women, the lion women, not lying women, the lion women. (laughs) I ain't going to be able to eat going. That's liars. No, chill out. The lion women, they do all of the work. Ain't that nothing. (laughs) You ain't going to say it so so hard. Um, The thing I love about the lioness, though, is that she's persistent. She doesn't give up in the pursuit of her prey. She says, you know, I know it's been a little while since I had a successful hunt. Because 48% of lion hunts end in failure, in case you wanted to know that fact. 48% of them end in failure. So that means a little bit less than half the time they try to catch an impala or a gazelle, they fail. But they don't sit around and go, oh, stupid lion, you failed. No, she gets back up and she goes and she says, all right, I didn't catch him. I'm going to catch this one. Because... She's devoted to providing food for her pride. See, the lionesses, they have a responsibility to bring back food for their pride. And because of that, there's little children that are depending on them. There's the, the, the king. He's depending on them to bring back some food so that when he brings it back, he can take it from them and eat it as much as he wants and then gives them the rest that he doesn't want. Um, But I tell you this, we must have the same persistence when it comes to praying. We can say, I know that my last attempt to start that business failed, but I'm going to pray on it until God provides. I know that my success rate with having difficult conversations with my spouse has been pretty low lately, but I'm going to pray on it until God moves. I know my last attempt to overcome fear didn't work, but I'm going to pray on it until God delivers me. See, prayer is not an issue of practice, but it's rather an issue of principle. See, we, we, we pray, we pray because we must. It's not an optional thing. It's not a matter of practice. It's a matter of principle for us to pray and seek God because we need His presence in order to do what He's calling us to do. And see, oftentimes when the word is used in the text here, uh, in the text about prayer, it, it often refers to the place of prayer. It refers to an actual house of prayer. So I want to get practical for a second. I want you to see this. Is you need a slot and a spot for prayer. What does that mean, preacher? You need a slot. You need a regular time slot that you pray. You need a consistent time. It says that Daniel got up every morning to pray. 
You need a consistent time every day when you get to connect with God the Father. And then you also need a spot where you do that. So you need a slot and a spot. Y'all following me? Your slot is the regular place of prayer. So uh, the old church would call it your prayer closet. And I know some, some old saints, you go into their house, they really have a closet that they pray in. It's not just a movie war room. <laughs> like they got some real closets where they really pray. And they don't let you go in there too quick. They be like, hey, hey, hold up. Um, come. Yeah, that's my prayer room. No, you can look right here. Just stand right here and look inside. <laughs> I'm like, dag, like I can't go in the prayer room. So what does that mean for us? I'm getting real practical with y'all. This 21 days of prayer is coming up. We're going to have a slot in the spot to do that. I'm going to be getting on Facebook Live, and I'm going to lead us in some prayer points. At 6 a.m., I'm going to be on there for 30 minutes. Don't get on there at 6.30 talking about some Pastor Derek wasn't on there. I'm not. (laughs) I'm gone. (laughs) Got to take my kids to school at 6.30. And then we're going to have a prayer service here on Sunday mornings. So we're going to have a time here where we're just going to be praying. It's going to be informal. You come in. And we're going to have some music on, and we're just going to be praying. We want to saturate our lives with prayer. We want to create a culture of prayer here at this church. Because one thing that I understand is that if God is not with us, then we shouldn't even go. If he doesn't go with us, we need to stay our butts right where we are. So we want God to be with us, so we're going to get in his presence through prayer on Sunday morning in here, because we, guess what we want? We want, we want people coming into this church that don't know Jesus, and we want them to meet the risen Savior when they hear us singing songs, when they see you lifting up your hands and lifting up your voice to sing. We want them meeting the risen Savior when they hear the sermon going forward, when they see the sacrament going. We want them to see the risen Savior and meet him so that they can come to know God. And we want them to come to know God so that they can love the word. And the way that we're going to do that, listen, if we think that we can do that with our good strategies and our good programs, we are mistaken ourselves. It's only through the power of the presence of God is that that will be able to happen. How do we get the presence of God? We get down on our knees and we pray. And we're going to begin to do that here at this church. We're going to build a culture of prayer. We're going to be here on Sunday morning starting at 9 o'clock. I'll be here. And we'll be praying. So we got to devote ourselves to prayer. Okay. Next thing predators do is that they pay attention. They pay attention. And we're going to move from a passive position on prayer to a predatory position on prayer. Guess what we got to do? We got to pay attention. Paul says here, stay alert. If we're going to learn to pray, then we've got to be watchful. We must be aware of the circumstances for which we ought to be praying. If we're ever going to learn how to pray. Sometimes people say to me, well, Pastor, I don't know what to pray. I'm like, well, 
what's happening? What's going on? <laughs> like, is there something happening that you need to talk to God about? Like, talk to him. But in order for us to do that, we've got to be watchful. There's some stuff going on, y'all, that we, <laughs> listen, there's some stuff going on in this world, in our city, that we need to be watchful for, and we need to be praying See, we need to give strict attention to our surroundings in order for us to pray effectively. You've got family members who are going through some stuff and they're not going to get free because you're not praying for them to get free. There's some co-workers on your job who are always on your last nerve. And the reason why they won't get off of that nerve is because you're complaining about them and not praying for them. See, here's why we have to be watchful. The pray, P-R-E-Y, is not considered pray because of its intrinsic weakness. I want you to hear me. The pray is considered pray because of the strength of the predator. Watch this. Again, me and nature shows. We're like, we like this. See, man, God, thank you for giving me an opportunity. I could preach about the stuff I'd be learning on nature show. <laughs> God is so good. <laughs> Listen, one of the most fascinating things that I learned is that under the right conditions, any predator can become a prey. See, I watched one time as a jaguar snuck up on an alligator who is in his own domain, the predator of predators, like in that swamp. He's the man. So I watched the jaguar one time sneak up on an alligator. And he snatched him right out of the water. And I was like, I didn't even know that they could do that. But he snatched him out the water. And he started dragging him back across the water. He got the, the, the alligator by the back of his neck in his mouth, and he's just dragging it. And then the, line, then the jaguar got out of the water, and he started eating the alligator. And as he's eating the alligator, I'm not trying to gross you out. As he's, as he's eating the alligator, guess what? A lion rolled up <laughs> on the jaguar. And he, boop, he hit the jaguar, bit him on his neck, started shaking him down. And then he dragged him away. And the other lionesses, they started coming because the lion's only, uh, he's only an opportunist. But the lionesses, they're real hunters. So he came over and he, he dragged him over. And I said, the predator just became the prey. <laughs> Listen, that's why we need to pay attention in our lives. See, most of the times, lions attack animals that are bigger than them. See, those, those animals that they're attacking, they're oftentimes bigger than they are. And if we're not careful, it's the small things in our life that will prey on us until we're dead. 
See, if we're not watchful, if we don't stay alert, then those small things in our life will begin to prey on us and we'll move from a position of being the predator to being the prey. That small little browse on the Instagram explore page will turn into a pornography addiction that will eat you alive if you don't pay attention. See, that small hustle just to get a little bit of extra cash will turn into an idol of money and that will eat you and your family alive if you don't pay attention. That small seed of doubt about God's plan for your life when things aren't working out exactly how you would like them to work out will turn into a great depression that will eat you alive if you don't learn to stay alert. Here's what we need to do. He says, he says for us to be sober minded in first Peter chapter five, he says, be sober minded be alert your adversary the devil rolls around like a roaring lion seeking somebody that he can devour church we've got an enemy who's going around seeking after who he can devour and if we don't stay alert we will fall prey to those things turn to your neighbor and say i'm the predator not the prey Turn to the other one and say, I'm the predator, not the prey. Y'all saying it not loud enough. That's why I'm having you turn to the other person. Turn to the other person and say, I'm the predator, not the prey. Listen, the last thing that predators do, and this is a good one, is they show appreciation. He tells us to devote ourselves to prayer and stay alert with thanksgiving. See, this word thanksgiving in the Greek is where we get the word Eucharist from. Y'all heard me talk about this before. Eucharist is the celebration of the communion meal, which we do every week here. And communion is where we eat the broken bread which represents in the, in, in the wine, which represents Christ's body and his poured out and his blood. So in other words, thankfulness or thanksgiving or showing appreciation puts you in the presence of Jesus. Because when we take communion, we believe that, the, that, that Jesus is actually present with us during that meal. So when we're thankful, guess what we do? We place ourselves in the presence of Jesus. Here's what I mean. Again, nature shows in me. We like this, right? Lions don't waste any part of their meal. They eat every part of the carcass, except the bones and stuff. See, I'm I'm horrible at eating chicken wings. I'll admit it. Some, I've been in some places where some of my friends, they'll say, hey, we about to pull your black card because you don't eat chicken how you're supposed to eat chicken. And I'm like, that's racist. Don't say that. But I, I'm horrible eating chicken. My poor sweet wife. She'd be so embarrassed. <laughs> She'd be like, wait, what? What is all this? That, that's meat. 
I'm like, nah, that's like gristle. And I don't really like that part because I don't like how it, how it tastes. And she'd be like, that's chicken. <laughs> Eat the chicken. So, you know, I, I'd be horrible with that stuff. When I was younger, I used to get in trouble because I didn't eat all the chicken. Because my auntie would say, boy, you going to waste my good, hard-earned money and not eat that chicken? You better eat all that chicken and better stop being ungrateful. I'm like, I'm not being ungrateful. I just don't like the little gristle thing that be in there. And it never failed. <laughs> I always get yelled at. Because I never ate the chicken. And because it communicated to her that I wasn't grateful for what she had provided for me. And see, when we fail to pray with a posture of thankfulness for what God has given to us already. See, oftentimes we come to God in prayer by saying, God, I just don't have enough. God, if you just give me a little bit more money, I'd be all right. God, if you just give me a husband, I'd be okay. Jesus, if you just give me what I needed and what I wanted, I'd be all right. But when we come to God giving thanks to him full out, God, I thank you for the singleness that I have. God, I thank you for the bank money that I've gotten in my bank account. God, I thank you for a job that you've given to me. Last year, I was praying for the job. This week, I'm complaining about the job. God, thank you for what you've given to me, and I'm grateful for all that you've given to me see when we approach prayer with a posture of thankfulness and thanksgiving we move ourselves into the presence of Jesus Christ when we begin to pray with thanksgiving we take ourselves out of this world and we place ourselves into the world that God is designing and creating for us and we can say thank you even when our circumstances don't look how we want them to look that's why Second Chronicles says this if my people are called by my name humble themselves and pray then I would hear from heaven humility is expressed through gratitude in prayer your humility is expressed through gratitude in prayer we must approach prayer with appreciation if we're going to move ourselves from a passive position on prayer to a predatory position on prayer, then we must show appreciation to God in our prayers. We'll close with this. Early African converts to Christianity were earnest and regular in their private devotions to prayer. Each one of them reportedly had a separate spot in the thicket where he or she would pour out his heart to God. Over time, the path to these places began to become well worn down. As a result... If one of these believers began to neglect prayer, it would soon become apparent to others 
because the path which they walked wasn't as worn as it used to be. And see, those early African converts, they would kindly remind the negligent one, brother or sister, the grass grows on your path. You see, a path is made by a pattern. And God is saying that he wants us to be in the pattern of being in his presence so that he can clear a path for us. Don't let the grass grow on your path. Pray on it. Don't let the grass grow on your path. Pray on it. See, when we look at the grass on the other side and say that the grass is greener on the other side, I'm here to encourage you today. That's because that grass hasn't been prayed on. See, you you need to show some appreciation for those dry patches of grass in your life because they've been well walked on. Those dry patches in your life that just seems like, man, this is so mundane. Man, this isn't doing anything. Nothing's happening. You better give, be thankful for that because those are the places that have been well walked on. And when those things have been well walked on, you create a pattern in your life that forges a path for forward for you in God's kingdom and his economy. Church, we must pray. We must Pray on it. When it doesn't seem like it's going to happen, pray on it. When the situation looks gloom and doom, pray on it. When things aren't happening as you, as you would expect them to, pray on it. We're going to begin to create a culture of prayer in our lives so that when challenges and difficulty come, we say, come on in here. I'm waiting for you. Come on in here, suffering. I'm waiting for you. Come on in here, trial. I've been looking for you because I've built up a stance against you through my prayer life that no devil in hell can come against and that no enemy or no circumstance can withstand because I stand with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords who's given me every victory, who's given me every spiritual blessing that I need in him. Everything that I need is right inside of Jesus and I've been captured by his love. So I cry out to him every morning and I reach out to him in prayer because he's been good to me. Church, pray on it. Father, thank you for your word. God, may we be a people who cry out to you. May we be a people who learn what it means to pray. And God, may we not just be responding in prayer but teach us to pray first teach us to pray before it gets there teach us to pray before things get difficult on our jobs teach us to pray for those family members who don't know you yet teach us to pray before they start acting crazy God teach us to pray first and God may we move from a passive position on prayer to a predatory position on prayer 
If there's anyone under the sound of my voice today that is wondering about what are we talking about, what's all this stuff, who's this Jesus? We want to pray for you. We want to invite you into a relationship with the one who has given us the victory. With the one who has made it possible for us to even go before the throne of grace and offer up prayers. We want to invite you to know Jesus today. Maybe you're wondering. Maybe you're unsure. We want to point you to a life-giving relationship with Jesus. One where you come to know God. Find freedom from the things that hold you bound. Discover what your purpose is. And ultimately, lead you towards a life that makes a difference. Father, give us your grace. Give us your mercy. Be kind to us, God, as you always are. And may we have the strength to tell our circumstances and tell the devil,